0: welcome back to the state of recruiting's open mic i'm mike roach of orange 247 and each week i'll be sitting down with a friend or colleague from the industry to talk about high school football or recruiting This week's guest is Hutto defensive coordinator Adam Harvey. Coach Harvey previously coached at Cipolo Steel High School, where he coached many superstars like Jalen Jones and Caden Stearns. We talk about his journey into coaching, his time coaching Stearns and Jones, and what he has in store for the future. So please enjoy this conversation with Hutto defensive coordinator Adam Harvey. And now joining me on Open Mic, uh, my next guest is a, one, of the, uh, one of the best young assistant coaches in the state of Texas, uh, a good friend of mine, and a guy with a lot of great insight into the game. It is new Hutto. Hippo defensive coordinator, Adam Harvey. Coach, I, I almost said steel there. I'm just so used to you being in the in the black and silver. But uh congratulations on the move and uh, uh thanks for coming on with me today.
1: Absolutely, Mike. I, you know, a lot of respect for what you do, man. And and from the moment we met, uh you've been a top notch guy. And so I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it is a little different, you know, and joining the Burn Orange up in Hippo Nation, but I, I'm really stoked about that opportunity and you know, joining a great staff, Coach Laplante has built, and uh, you know the kids there are pretty stinking good too. So I'm I'm leaving one gold mine and entering another.
0: Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to get into that, but um, I think so. Most people will, would understand that I met you um, during uh, during Caden Stearns' recruitment. Um, you were the the defensive back coach and, and Coady C, I believe at Steele. Uh, and you and you coach Caden Stern, so uh, that's something we'll definitely want to get into. But you know your kind of background at Steele, if you want to talk about resumes of coaches putting def- defensive backs into college football, um, I don't think there's there's any finer uh, example of that than what you guys did at Steele over that I, I would say five year period. Maybe um, you know just just kind of talk about those guys as a group and, and what they meant to you.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I got to start with the coaching staff, to be honest with you, Mike. I mean, the things I learned from, you know, David Signs, uh, Scott Leach, and and uh, several others, you know, Trey Woods was with us for a little while. I mean, those guys really uh, helped me become a better coach. And, you know, and I think that goes right into the kids. I mean, they bought in. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt about uh, the buy-in at Steele High School. Um, you know, I think one of the things that, I noticed, you know, from the get-go, especially when we had that run of those kids, was just, you know, how talented they were. But, but more than that, um, you know, how hard they worked. Uh, I would get text messages from guys like Caden Stearns, uh, Jalen Jones, you know, JT Woods, in all hours of the night, uh, watching the film and saying, "Coach, what about this? And what about that?" And you know, there's only so much that that, that we can coach on the field. But when you get kids that buy in uh, like those kids did. I mean, gosh, it was just, uh, it was phenomenal, uh, being able to be a part of that. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean that, that little stretch there where we've had kids, you know, go power five, go a group of five, um, you know, and even a couple FCS kids that could easily had gone to, uh, to a power for, you know, power five school, um, truly blessed to be a part of that, um, that run. And, you know, uh, Kind of a self-proclaimed DB high school or whatnot, but we had fun with it. But it was just, um, you know, a testament to those young young guys and uh, the way they grew up, you know. And and right before my eyes, some of them had to grow up a lot quicker than others. And and there never was a you know blink of the eye, and there never was a batting of the eye or fear or anything like that of you know having to uphold the uh, the process. They just did it. And uh, you know, there's still kids that I that I unfortunately had to leave, and that's just part of the leaving process. But uh, you know, DB High School will continue without Adam Harvey. That's for sure because of how great those kids are.
0: I think the one of the coolest parts of, of both of our jobs is we get to see these kids before they're superstars. And so Caden was a very easy eval. I've told people that all the time. There's no special – you know, evaluator that looks at Caden Stearns and finds hidden things. When you find a kid who has his athleticism, his mind for the game, and then you you mix in his maturity, his work ethic, and just the way he thinks about how you prepare, I think that's one of the easiest evaluations to make in the world. What can you tell us about when, you know, when Caden first came to Steele and, and you first started coaching him? I mean, could you see that stuff right off the bat?
1: Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know his athleticism was one thing but but the way he worked even as a sophomore um you know he was with us in middle school and then and then moved up to the dfw area for uh for that one year at midlothian uh to live with dad and brothers and um you know that was a big year for him too and again uh, he was coached well up there on the offensive side of the ball actually and so i think that helped him become a better db as well but you know caden caden was one that he, he obviously had the pedigree and, and was growing up with you know, his older brother, Jordan, who played at Steel. And then when he came in as a sophomore, man, uh, God, his mentality was just phenomenal. You know, you don't see a whole lot of young guys that are, are real confident in their skill, even the good ones. You know, sometimes you kind of have to talk life into them, not Caden Stearns. <laughs> he was a go-getter. And, you know, we saw that even as a freshman in college, and, you know, in, in the four picks and four games or five games or whatever it was. And, you know, blocking the field goal against USC, I mean, the dude was just ice water um, in all situations and never really let the moment be too big for him. And, you know, he was alongside a really good safety too that was undersized and Mark Frankhauser at steel. And uh, those two guys really complimented each other well and it was so much fun, um, you know, coaching a guy like Caden. And again, I mean, even as a sophomore, the kid would send me text messages at 1231 AM. Hey coach, I'm watching film. And, you know, this was back in 2012 when his brother was still playing and, you know, he noticed something that, uh, that he would, you know, add to the repertoire that, that he was going to be able to present on Friday nights. And, you know, that was some, that was one of the kids, I think even as a sophomore that I really started thinking about, you know, what are Friday night abilities and how can we adjust what we do at steel uh, to make sure that he is, you know, getting into the arsenal and pulling out every single tool that he has in his toolbox, so to speak um, as a sophomore, you know, I, I get it. I mean, the whole thing of, you know, if you're starting X amount of sophomores, you might as well chalk up a loss, you know, on the schedule. Um, with Caden Stearns as a sophomore, uh, we were 15-0, and 0 going, or 14-0, and 0, excuse me, going against uh, a really good KD team that was the best high school defense I've ever seen. And I would have loved to seen us, you know, full-fledged. We had some injuries. I'm not saying we would have beat KD that year, but um, Caden Stearns was not batting an eye against those dudes and made a big-time interception in the first half of that game. That's a 10 nothing ball game at halftime, and we just really struggled moving the ball against them offensively. But he never batted an eye. And, uh, you know, so as you were saying, with, you know, just being able to coach kids like that that have that talent and that have that skill set, but then the, the, the preparation of a kid like that at 15 years old that gets it, you know, that understands the cerebral portion of the game is just um, – You know, that's something that I'll always remember about Caden Stearns for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's – I think that's something that definitely sticks out. I remember the first time I sent his film to a coach when he was a sophomore and they said, it looks like he's in the offensive huddle. Because he knows exactly where the ball's going on every play. Like he jumps routes like he was in the huddle when the play was called. And that's like the thing that's always stuck out to me most about him were just his fantastic instincts and his leadership ability. You know, I think he had to he had to grow up fast in his family and and he had a lot of people, a lot of you know, a lot of younger cousins and stuff like that that look up to him. Your next Caden Stearns, quote unquote, was was Jalen Jones, who who signed with AM, a fantastic Under Armour All American five star guy. Um how much, like, I, I always remember Caden's senior year, that that whole secondary went power five. Uh, JT Woods to Baylor, Caden to Texas, uh, uh, Xavier to, uh, to Oklahoma State, and then uh, who am I? I Jalen, I guess, would be the other guy, right? Yeah, um, yeah Car- Cardwell was the other one. Call- oh, Cardwell, also. Cardwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you throw Chase Cromartie in there, and, like, just guys all over. How much do you think Jalen coming up young under that group had to do with him you know, maturing into what he matured into?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of the things with our unit that we really took pride in is is being a family, you know, and so those other guys definitely took Jalen under their wings. And then, you know, I, I saw him, you know, as most recently as this past season do the same with, with the young bucks that he was, you know, surrounded by, I mean, opposite of a sophomore as well. So Jalen, you know, had had a lot of um, reps that year that you're talking about, and you're right. We had six DBs on there that are now pay- playing uh, college football, and Jalen being the last one is just because he was the youngest. But um, you know, one of the things that that Jalen I think really did a, a phenomenal job with, and Caden did a good job with too, is the work that those guys would put in, prior you know, prior to our pre-practice set as well as post-practice stuff that you know they just put in countless hours on their own time and and they would ask me, you know, to stick around and, and, you know, give pointers here or there or just watch them sometimes and just kind of be there to, um, you know, sh- you know, just shoot the bull and, and have fun with them and that type of thing. But, you know, K- you know, Caden, Caden did a great job with passing the torch I think too. And, you know, and, and also sharing the torch even while he was there because that the de- de- you know, that defensive back unit that year was just ridiculous, Mike. I mean, again, I, I feel like I, I know how to coach this game, <laughs> but those guys made me look a heck of a lot better than, uh, than even I am. And so, um, you know, Chase is a great example. You know, we we kind of had to make some moves, and JT played some offense that year, um, and Chase stepped right in. And Caden, you know, I will never forget the day that, that Chase stepped in and, and had to start a ball game. You know, he's, he's going in for a guy that's moving to the offensive side um, who's about to go play in the Big 12. And they're talking about pressure. And Caden put his arm around him and said, man, we, we got this. It wasn't, not, it wasn't I got you. You know, it wasn't, hey, just sit back and watch me go. You know, it was like, hey, we got this. You know, and then Jalen stepping in as well. You know, he and Xavier actually shared some 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 reps. Uh, and Cardwell on the other side kind of solidified his spot. You know, but that was one of the things we competed, man. I mean, it was a lot of internal competition. And, you know, Jalen really grew up quickly because of that. And, again, that's just the passing of the torch, you know, just as recent as this last year. And you'll hear a name Davion Hook, you know, out of Steele High School uh, that's going to be the next guy. I mean, Davion had to grow up quick. And Jalen did a great job of, you know, again, sharing the torch. And then when he was done, passing the torch, you know, and say, hey, young buck, it's your turn, buddy. You know, continue the legacy of DB High School. And and that was really a, a neat thing just to watch that all unfold over the last seven years of my opportunity to be there.
0: So. How, how, how tempted were you at times with that secretary just said, do we need linebackers? Like, can we just roll out seven DBs on this thing? And, <laughs> and
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's it's funny you say that because I, you know, talk about some, some heated conversations in the office, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, dang, let's just base out of a dime. We got these guys out of our ears, you know, and, and but also just you know again a testament to what Steele High School has been throughout the years you know let, you know lining up in that four or three and saying you know what, this is who we are and we're going to do what we do, and then the four positions on the back back end you got to compete you know and I mean I, I've had I've had kids that have left our program uh, that are also going to Power Five you know and I, I'm not here to bash anybody but you, we're going to compete you're not going to get a position because of who you think you are because of who you did or what you did at a camp over here, a camp over there. And Caden Stearns, you're included in that. Jalen Jones, you're included in that. JT, all of you. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, what, what better opportunity to teach kids, because when they're competing for a life, when they're competing for jobs, when they're competing to be the best father that they can possibly be, I want my guys to think about how hard it was to be part of DB High School. You know, and, and when we go to Hutto, and and we're playing F and P style defense and, you know, we've kind of already talked about hippo mode and having a good time with that, man, I want that same mentality to transition no matter where I am, because we talk about building men, but crap, if we're not going to learn to compete, I don't I don't know how else to teach about life. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm real passionate about that. You can probably hear it in my voice right now, Mike, yeah. I just can't stand, Hey, you know, you did great at five-star camp. The same five-star camp, you know, this is, Still high school. This is Huddle High School, and this is expectations, and you have to align with our expectations or you can't play for us, you know. And at the end of the day, I think that's going to make those guys better football players, but more importantly, better men at the end of the day. So that's where I'm about, you know, and and I think hopefully every one of those guys that walked away from from our tutelage and underneath Coach Harvey, what they learned in the film room, you know, about life is just going to be as important actually
0: more important at the end of the day than what they're learning on the field between the lines. So, I, def, I definitely understand your passion. You've shared it with me so many times and I want to get into it, but the last, last thing I have kind of surrounding, you know, Caden and those guys, um, you were pretty, pretty close drive when you were in, in Cibolo, uh, moving up to Hutto, you're going to be closer to campus. Uh, is that going to increase the amount of times you go get to watch your guy live?
1: Absolutely. It will. I was just talking about that with the new staff yesterday, uh, it's kind of cool. We we just officially welcomed Mike Adams, you know, former Longhorn, onto the the, the Huddle staff, which is pretty awesome. And so I was telling him, hey man, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make the track. And I already know that I'm gonna be there as much as I can. You know, obviously around game planning, Huddle Hippos come first. But um, you know, my my guy is gonna going to definitely be on on my mind and if I can get over there at any given time you know I'm going to reach out to coach Epley and the staff and get that that coaching ticket that they allow us to have and and get over there and 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 be cheering as loud as I can even as a Red Raider because you know Caden is Caden has definitely taken my allegiance and you know I treat him as my own son so anytime I can go watch my own son play I'm
0: I'm gonna do that
1: you know and um
0: yeah I'll be there um so, when you were growing up, is coaching something you always wanted to do? I mean, did you know from kind of an early age, or, or how did you get into it?
1: You know, not really, man. I, I I always loved athletics, but I didn't really know what I wanted. I knew I wanted to work with people. I did know that. You know, I I grew up in a in, in a West Texas environment that, as I got older, you know there were there were just a few options, and I I mean that when I say it. You know, you either uh, you know farmed. Um, you did, you did some type of sports-related activity or you moved away and you had to do something else career-wise. And so I would say in high school was probably the moment that I started really truly thinking about it. But when I finally decided I was probably 23, you know, that I was going to do this for, for forever. Um, uh, and, and now that I'm, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys I'm passionate about about whatever I do. And so, you know, when I did decide to jump in this thing full-fledged, full there was no you know, oh, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe there's nothing about looking at, you know, money or finances or anything like that. I'm going to go do it and I'm going to make a difference. And so, you know, there's some, there's been some bumps along the road as with anybody, but um, I'm going to go full fledged, man, you know, and I, I'm not going to back up and and think about what I could have done better or have regrets or anything like that. I'm going to make mistakes just as well and then make, and then, you know, make the adjustments like we do as coaches. So, I, I would say that once I decided, man, there was nothing about anything that was going to change my mind so
0: i 've had the pleasure to meet your lovely wife once or twice, I think, after a game i i can 't tell you this is a part of of the game that people don 't understand i 've got some of my best friends in the world from from childhood are coaches. And to see what their wives go through during, especially during the season when they're never home and, and things like that. I don't think people have appreciation for, for the coaches' wives that ride with them or have to, hey, we're going to pick up and move across the state to, to this location because I got a job over here type of thing. Um, and I know how much your wife means to you and, and, and how special relationship you guys have. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity to brag on your wife a little bit and, uh, and you know, talk about how important she is to that relationship as well. I appreciate you bringing that up, Mike. Because golly,
1: man, I, I I've got to throw myself in the in the uh, you know being vulnerable, really, in into the group that doesn't appreciate wives enough. I really do. I mean, I, as most recent as yesterday, you know, <laughs> 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 Maybe even this morning, just learning how much you know that and that, how important that is. I just celebrated 18 years of marriage, and it's been a tough road. And and you know, I think anybody that's honest would say that. But when you really step back, I mean, sometimes you don't even need to step back. You just need to open your eyes um, and you see what they go through and, and how they support well. And, you know, this move to Hutto is is another just prime example of the things that she's done for me that I take for granted too often. And, um, you know, she's, she's fantastic. She grew up in a, in a high school home or a high school coach's home and, and up until her sixth grade, you know, year, and they finally settled in and he, he got out of coaching and, and, and did the, the PE thing, you know, which is obviously a dream gig for a lot of people, just <laughs> elementary PE is what he did the latter portion of his career. But, you know, he moved his family around a lot and, you know, we've been fortunate not to have to move a whole lot. Um, Cause I spent 15 years down here in the San Antonio area, but I tell you, it still, it takes a special woman and a special wife to be a coach's wife, regardless of your track, you know, regardless of the road that you take as a coach and, you know, there's there's never going to be a day that you know I, I thank her enough, and um, and there's still some some areas where I've got to get better because I got to show her how appreciative I am of her support, no doubt about that, and that's something I work on daily, and, and again, just try to try to be better with it. Um, but you're right, man, she's fantastic, and you know, knowing what she knew as a girl growing up, little girl growing up. Uh, and then still jumping into this thing and, and, and rolling with me is enough for her, you know, or for me to say that she's pretty, pretty special and pretty fantastic. So I, I
0: really appreciate you bringing that up, man. Yeah, she's uh, she's I, I know she's your biggest fan, because if I ever tweet anything about you or Steel or Caden, she's right behind it, retweeting or liking it or something. So um, I, I know she's right there with you. You've got, I, I think that we try to slot coaches into these archetypes of one's a motivator or one's a technician or one's a, like a, an inspirational type of guy. You kind of roll all that into one because you are a very, you, you know, you talked earlier about your passion, about motivating, things like that. But talking ball with you, as we often do, I mean, you're, you're obviously a very sharp guy. You're, you're invited a lot to do these chats or these these, these presentations um, because people respect the, your, your acumen. You know what? How do you see yourself as a coach, or or what would you say are your kind of like your core values of being a coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be. I don't know. That's that's a that's a great question, Mike. I I want to be all the above. You know, all things to all men type deal. And um, you know, I take pride in the passion that I have and and the love that I have for the kids, but also the love I have for the game. And so you know i'm not a hunter, hunter fisherman i don't i don't do that stuff my hobbies are studying the game and and getting better you know i i've had the opportunity even during this quarantine man to really connect with some of the best minds in the game on the defensive side of the ball and you know i've taken advantage of that and so however i can be better um in, in the motivational factor or in the in the X and o factor i want to be better in the technician factor i want to be better you know i i it doesn't matter you know, who I've coached, where I've been, um, you know, what level, any of that jazz, I want to be better. And so, um, you know, I take that as a compliment that actually you would see that, um, you know, and, you know, yeah, I I think that I can motivate anybody, you know, uh, I think that's our job as coaches. Um, But also, if we're going to motivate, we've got to prove it. And how we prove it in my mind you know, not that we can't go have, you know, other hobbies and, and do other things. I think a lot of people would look at Adam Harvey and think, man, that dude's too crazy about <laughs> it. And that's okay. I have no qualms. Uh, I have no problem with, with their thought process behind that because guess what? They're right. They're freaking right, you know. And, and everybody's right about Nick Saban when they say Nick Saban's a freak because he is. That's what he is. And, and and some people look at freak as a bad thing. It is who I am, and I'm not going to stop away from us. so I think if we're going to be professionals, um, you know, there's, there's always that opportunity to be elite, even as a professional. And, you know, I'm at the high school level. So again, I, I don't really care what level I'm going to be at. I'm going to coach my tail off, because I think it's right by kids. And I think it's right by their parents. And I think it's right by me. And I think it's right by the program. So all of those things, in company, you know, accompanying and embodying who I am, You know, right now, I'm going to be the best thinking defensive coordinator I can be for one program, and that's the Hutto Hippos. And then if we, you know, if I'm recognized in other areas or I'm asked to be on this chat or that podcast, you know, I'm going to go and be just as passionate on there about who I am as Hutto Hippo defensive coordinator. And that's who I am as Adam Harvey. And at the end of the day, you know, nothing's going to change that. I mean, nobody's opinion of me, you know, no matter how great I think I am or how great I have been statistically. I want to be better. And at the end of the day, that's who I'm going to be. And, and as soon as we hang up in a second, I'm going to meet on with the next thing or study the next bit or, or talk to the next kid. And, and I want to be better in all aspects of the game. So, um, I, you know, my core values are going to be uh, number one, be better for others, you know, be a selfless guy. Um, and, and if that's in the leadership role, great. If that's in a following role, great. Um, and then number two, you know, um, always be better. So uh, really it's just boils down to those two things, um, in the profession. And that, that goes into my life as a husband and as a father and, and other things as well. So yeah, for sure.
0: That reminds me of my dad. Um, when I was young, you know, he just had one rule and it was don't embarrass dad. And he was like, if you follow that rule, I don't really need to lay any other rules down for you. So, uh, just, I guess if your one rule, your core values be better, you know, it kind of encompasses everything. Um, who were some of your, you know, your influences or, or some, maybe some of the coaches in the, in the game that, that were vital to your development as a coach?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got to start with my high school coach and, and Lewis Boomer who's now retired. And, um, I actually had the chance to sit down and watch a little bit of the state championship games as you and I actually met a little bit of mm-hmm. state cha- championships and got a chance to, to watch ball with him for the first time as a coach, you know, 20 plus years after graduating, which was kind of neat. And, uh, you know, that guy's, he was fantastic for me as a, as a ball player and then just, you know, watching him. And then also Doug Warren, head coach at Wimberley. He was a position coach of mine early in his career. And, um, you know, he and his wife both were very instrumental in me wanting to be, you know, as you asked the question earlier, when I thought I wanted to be a coach, you know, I had her as an eighth grader, uh, as my teacher. And then he was a position coach of mine early in my high school career, freshman and sophomore year. And so, um, they were both very instrumental. And then, uh, as I kind of came into the coaching profession, a guy by the name of John Peterson, who spent some time in pro ball, uh, he was a head coach up in Bemidji State, D3 school up in the Midwest, and then, uh, spent some time with the Seahawks, spent some time with Carolina Panthers. I actually met him through another guy that's been, uh, really big in, in my growth as a coach. His name is Mike Heinemann. And, and Mike is an AD at a small private school here in San Antonio. Uh, you know, an affluent uh, school that, you know, costs about 20 grand a year to go to. So I had a chance to coach David Robinson Jr. and Sean Elliott steps on in the game of basketball and, and coach some of the who's who of San Antonio there. That's where I spent eight years of my career. And then I also got to add into the, you know, the Steel staff that's just been really, really awesome, you know, to me and, and guys like, uh, you know, Scott Lenhoff, who hired me and, you know, even guys like Mike Wolfarth who were, uh, you know, principal at the time, but former coach. And, you know, there's just a, a lot of guys that I've looked up to in this thing. And, um, you know, um, even guys like Craig Niver, you know, who just left the UT staff that, you know, I, I just have a huge amount of respect for, um, you know, and there's others in the in the profession that have, you know, been very, very open and honest with me. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I want to give back to the game too because of how many coaches have been good to me and taught me a lot about the game.
0: So it's been really I'm not- good. I'm looking at the clock here because I don't want to monopolize your whole day, but you keep saying things and then it brings up things in my head. You're, you're, you're the principal you're leaving, Janice Cervantes. I say this every time I go to Steele. There isn't a better principal in the state of Texas when it comes to being out there and supporting their kids. How important do you think that is? Because I don't see it a lot. And you know, I see a lot of high school games a year. You don't see a principal who is as out and it, out front with her leadership and and, and everything as as president a uh, principal Cervantes is.
1: I man, I shed tears when it was time to tell her that I was moving on. I ain't gonna lie, I cried like a baby, and uh, and she followed it. <laughs> you know, you said it best. I don't think there's anything I could add. She's unbelievable, the energy and the passion, but it's it's real, man. Like you know, people can people can do their thing for social media or, you know, when the cameras are on and there's really, there's some people that I've found (laughs) along the way that are really good at that. And then you're like, wait a minute, that's not Jennifer or She's She's the real deal. Um, And so shoot, man, I've got nothing to add other than that. She's the real deal. And it wasn't easy to leave, to leave that. But again, that just tells you how great Hutto is too. And, you know, I wasn't going to leave still high school for, you know, a climb in rank, I was going to leave still high school because it was the right position for me to grow again as a coach. And, you know, again, I mentioned personal plan earlier and, you know, Mr. Christian is the the principal there. And, you know, those, I mean, huddle ISD has been recognized during this quarantine as being extremely efficient and shoot, we were just talking about the growth out there. Man, they were a 2A in the mid-2000s, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and now they just moved up to 6A. So it's crazy how, how, how the growth has affected things. But, you know, being a one-horse town, and um, I'm really excited. But, yeah, Jenna's phenomenal. Uh, I, I can't tell you how great she is because I wouldn't do
0: justice with how, you know, how great she really is for sure. Um, definitely want to get into what those reasons were for Hutto. Did I read that Hutto is actually adding a second high school and they are also going to be the hippos?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's down the road, man. They're trying to tell try t- they're trying to tame tame the growth uh I'm they they're going to do it as long as they can. There's a the freshman center opening up and the idea is and it, it's it's got to be Mike just because of the growth, you know. Mm-hmm. You can go the Allen route and and have that one high school system or you can branch out like a lot of other districts have done and so Right now, uh, their biggest deal was, well, shoot, how are we going to lose this huddle hippo mindset mentality? And, uh, and the, you know, to rectify that situation, the, uh, the end of the day, they decided that, you know what, we can all be hippos. And so when that <laughs> second high school, you know, in seven years, if they can hang on that long um it'll they'll be the hippos too so it's kind of cool man there'll be two hippos in the entire country and they're going to be within about three miles of each other
0: <laughs> that'll be interesting yeah. to see how we differentiate um so what what made Hutto the right choice? I mean, I know you talked about Coach LaPlante. That's a great program out there. They've had some kids really blowing up over the last couple of years. Texas just signed Dejon Harrison from Hutto. Um, Landon Watson's another big-name kid. You're going to get the opportunity to coach in his senior year. You know, what, what what is it about it? And just kind of, I don't know, here's your chance to uh, to talk about Hutto and what makes you passionate about hippo football.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, I wasn't going to leave still for just any job. And, uh, you know, when, when Coach LaPlante called me – I was actually uh, interviewing for some head jobs and, you know, that's the ultimate goal. And, you know, those didn't work out this off season, which is fine. You know, that's part of the process, but I think that, you know, two things that jumped out at me uh, in making this move, number one was, was working with coach LaPlante. I've known him for several years now. We met at a clinic a few years ago. I may even been on Twitter. I can't remember, but we, we touched base at a clinic and, you know, I just saw his passion also for the game. And I saw the way that, You know, he carried himself um, both, you know, uh, virtually online and then also, you know, just every time I made contact with him, he was always very complimentary of his staff, very complimentary of the district, very complimentary of the area. And, um, you know, he spent some time in the collegiate game and and other places that had a lot of success down in Manville. And, you know, he actually was at New Caney when he started his career here in high school in Texas. And so he he kind of made his rounds enough for me to know that, you know, what he was saying about Hutto and what he was saying about even the Austin area in general was, was pretty salty, you know. And so with my high school coaching career, I'd it the entire time down here in San Antonio. And I know San Antonio has, has a rap, right, right, wrong or indifferent. You know, people look at San Antonio football and they think about, you know, the things they think about. And, and, and I'm here to say, too, man, that the style of football in San Antonio is salty. It's really good. Um, but athletically you know I mean DFW and Houston are freaking freaks I mean and I can say that because we played DeSoto and I can say that because we played Katie and you know I've seen I've seen what what what, I've seen the last several years and so you know moving into the Syntex area into the Austin specifically um, was just kind of a challenge for me you know again to be able to call a defense is exciting and you know I, I've had that opportunity and, and I've gotten calls but um, you know, I'm not to here to say that, you know, I've, I've been that guy that turned, call, you know, turned jobs down. That's not what I'm saying. But I just felt like this was a little bit different opportunity for me. You know, again, in my personal goals as well as, as the success that Hutto's had, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the challenge to move up to 6A and, and join them in that transition. I'm also excited about, you know, just kind of branching out a little bit from the San Antonio uh, scene to get to, uh, to something different and, uh, you know, go against great – offensive coordinators and and that that league that that we're entering is going to be a pretty solid league in the second round you get you know Westlake and Lake Travis's district and and so we've got to make it out of district first to even get to that point so it's going to be it's going to be really fun and and, uh, and an opportunity for me to kind of gauge where I am as a coach as well as you know get some new opportunities to meet new people and broaden my network as well in the Austin area so I'm looking forward to that as well.
0: You, you mentioned you're going to get to kind of – it's going to be kind of your way a little more on defense, calling it. What's the Hutto Hippo defense going to look like or what's it going to be about this year?
1: Yeah, you know, I think first and foremost, we're going to be fast and physical, and I think every defense coordinator in the country probably has that in their in their playbook with their philosophy. But, you know, we're going to ingrain F&P and, and just shorten that up. You know, any time that, you know, a kid does something, it's either going to be great job with F and P or, Hey, let's be better with F and P. And I think the way that we do that is make it as simple as we can. So, you know, we're going to align in, in some multiple fronts. We're going to align in some different coverages. Um, but all of those things are going to derive from being fast and physical and, and, and how we can do that. Uh, the, the, the most efficient way is is what we're going to try to accomplish. You know, I think the other thing is just, you know, continuing with what they've already done, you know, coach Mosey, the guy that I'm coming in for and, he's now moving on to Pflugerville Weiss with coach Van Meter who, you know, they, they did a great job at Hutto before. And, um, you know, just kind of building on what he had already kind of set set in place. And, you know, coach Hooten was a co-coordinator this last year on the back end and, you know, they did some some really good things on the back end and and we're pretty sophisticated. And at the same time, you know, we're gonna be pretty young this upcoming year. And so with all that in mind, you know, and knowing that I've got a Landon Watson and even a Braylon Sugg up front in the box, you know, we're gonna be able to play really fast and physical because we're gonna keep things simple, yet be able to be really sound against whatever other, you know, opponents throw at us. And so I think with you know, with the growth mindset of you know, keeping things simple yet being complex enough because you have to be in the state of Texas, especially at the 6A level because you got some really good coaches on the other sideline that are, you know, that are picking apart what you're doing. And so we're going to do some things that, uh, you know, hopefully will will cause problems just because we know exactly what we want accomplished versus different looks. And, you know, that's going to be on us coaches to get those kids in the right position to make plays. So if we can play fast and physical versus anything that's thrown at us, I like our chances.
0: Um, I know you've been doing a lot during the the quarantine, a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of meeting with your team and staff. Have you got to have any fun? Have you done anything that's like uh, watched any good TV shows, anything like that to pass the time?
1: Hey, those Zoom meetings and meetings with my teammates is my (laughs) –
0: I should have have known. I shouldn't have said it that way.
1: (laughs) Hey, seriously, and I don't want to name drop here, but I'm going to tell you what's been the most fun. And I, I got a name drop because it wouldn't make a sense if I didn't. Um, God, man, I've connected with Jay Bateman, UNC defensive coordinator, uh, Don Brown at Michigan, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, Morgan Scaley, Derek Jones. Morgan Scaley's at Utah. Derek Jones, new corners coach, uh, assistant head at Texas Tech, who was with D- David Cutcliffe out in Duke. Jeez, man, man, that's been fun, right? That's been extremely fun for me. A lot of it has been, you know, just, I guess, validation in a, in a roundabout way. But a lot of it's – obviously, most of it has been learning. Um, it's just been phenomenal. Um, so, I've had a really good time with that. To answer your question, not to leave you hanging, my wife and I, uh, we've watched some movies for sure. I got to watch Bad Boys for Life the other night on my anniversary. Um, here's a little funny funny side story, man. I, I fall asleep in movies, Mike. I'll crash out, man. And my wife, <laughs> mad at me she's like ah you pick the movie and then you fall asleep whether it's good or bad she can't quit a movie and so i get in trouble for that quite a bit but um i I definitely have tried to get out with the boys, you know ride bikes in the the, uh community and you know do what we can in the midst of this quarantine get out jump on the trampoline with them and then as well as put them to work you know we're trying to sell a house right now so i put them to work in out in the yard and and that's trying to be as fun as as we can make it type deal but um and man the funnest thing is being able to connect with these coaches. Golly, it's been awesome, man. So for sure.
0: All right. My last question before we get out of here. Um we get we ask everybody this on the show, but um and I'm going to exempt your guys because you could probably just spend this segment talking about the guys you coached at Steel. Um so I'm taking them out of the picture. Who are some of the best players you've ever seen at the high school level?
1: Yeah. So I gotta start with Garrett Wilson. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh man we threw everything at that dude and he still had 10 catches for over 110 yards Uh, that may be the only guy that i can think of and and we've coached some really against some really good ones that that had probably double figures and catches in two consecutive years he was unbelievable um you know that that whole lake travis team in 2016 that was a really really good offense probably the best offense i've seen uh at the high school level and then um I guess I guess we went to double OT with them. That was the year we went to State and played DeSoto. So I also have to mention DeSoto and, uh, you know, Sean Robinson, the quarterback with Katie Nixon and LaVishka Chenault at receivers. And, you know, they had some dudes. Man, um, also, I think, you know, Judson's Johnson, had some really, really salty football <laughs> players. I got to mention, you know, Rashad Wisdom, that guy, you know, he played both sides of the ball and could do some things that, you know, just really gave us fits and and sincere McCormick, you know, man, those guys were really really good Julon Williams, another one um there's some there's been some good ones, Tommy Bush at Clemens, who's now at georgia um seen, seen some really good ball players in in my day you know i have been really fortunate to coach against some really good kids as well as coach the the all star lineup that I've been able to coach on the back end and so a lot of respect those guys I've said it a lot in these in these Zoom clinics that I've done, you know. It's all relative, and we're going to be a press team, and we're going to press Tommy Bush. We're going to press Gary Wilson, and they may get us a couple times, but that's who we are. But hats off to all those kids that we've been able to coach and coach against, excuse me. And, and uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more um, more blessed to, you know, to have guys push me and challenge me as a coach with, with the talent that some of those guys and, and those teams have had for sure.
0: All right, Coach. Well, I'm going to cut it off here because I, I feel like we could go all afternoon. You know, you and I, once we get together, we, we don't really stop talking. And I know you've got other meetings to get to. You've got a family. You've got a house to sell, all those things. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, I'm certainly excited to get out and see some huddle football this year, uh, provided everything happens on time, which sounds like it is from, from what we've heard from the UIL. And, uh, man, we wish you a lot of luck in your, in your first season there. Mike, I really appreciate
1: it. It's always good to, to touch base with you, my man. The, the job you do, I've said before, you know, you're about kids, and that's what I'm about. So I think that's why we connect and, and get along so well. So thank you for what you do. You know, congratulations in your growth in the, in the profession. I mean, you've really taken it by the, by the horns, so to speak, and you've done a fantastic job. So I'm proud to call
0: you friend, my man. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you maybe another time. We'll get you back on. So uh, appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you for listening to another episode of the State of Recordings Open Mic. As a reminder, you can find the show on any major po- podcast platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We would also like to ask that you go to any of those podcast platforms and subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Exclusive. And get ready.
1: Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah.
0: For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.